In the beginning, a podcast was a series of episodes that stretched on some periodic interval and went on forever. There was never a defined end. It just kept on going. It's episode 364 of the Dan York Report, and there have been a number of innovations with series and seasons that are interesting to look at from a podcast structure point of view. So, but if we go back to the beginning in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, when podcasting was coming around, the general idea, it was a podcast if it was a series of downloadable audio episodes that came out on some periodic interval, whether it was daily, weekly, monthly, whatever, it was some time period and it would just go on and on and on. There was never a defined end until some people said, okay, we're done. And they capped, they put a period at the end of the show. More often than not, people pod faded, as we would say. They got to a certain number of episodes and then they just kind of petered out. Uh, I'm guilty of that with my own Blue Box podcast that Jonathan Zarr and I did back in 2005 to 2008. We never actually capped it or finalized it. We just kind of stopped. We ran out of steam. We uh, faded, went from weekly to slowly, uh, uh, more of an interval and more of an interval until it just ended. And that's been podcasting for the initial stages of it. And to be honest, it became a barrier for some, that expectation for people launching podcasts. People uh, often were not ready to make that ongoing commitment. You know, if I look at the amazing commitment, uh, people like Shell Holtz and Neville Hobson, who've been, who were doing the FIR, Four Immediate Release Podcast, twice a week and then weekly, every time for 10 years. I mean, it's still going on, but in that initial form, that was a heck of a lot of a commitment. Always happening, always there. You know, I'll be honest and say within the Internet Society where I've been working for eight years, I've wanted to launch a podcast, uh, multiple podcasts, but I'm not ready to make that commitment to show up every week, month, whatever, on and on and on and on and on. That's been the way podcasting was. But then what's interesting is over the past several years, there have been innovations in how to go and package podcasts so they could be able to be seen in different views, in different ways of thinking about it. One of the ways was a uh, was a series where a podcast was just said to be a defined set of episodes. It had a defined start, a defined end, and that was it. Uh, one of the ones that struck me back in 2017 was a podcast from Alexis Magical called Containers. And it was a nine-part audio documentary about, believe it or not, shipping containers and the effect they had on the global on the global uh, shipping industry and the standardization and how they affected jobs, industries, docs. It was a fascinating glimpse into different things. And, and it was scoped. It was tightly scoped to say, this is it. It's a documentary. It's going out. It's going to do this. And, and we're going to talk, have nine episodes, actually eight episodes plus an intro, and then we're done. The period is put in the end of the sentence. The, the, the podcast is finished, finalized. That's it. And that's an interesting way. And it's not actually unique in some ways. If I think back, uh, people, authors have been doing this for years. 
books. Uh, Terry Fallis uh, out of Canada was one who was the first one I really paid attention to way back when he he uh, podcasted out his different chapters for his best laid plans, his first political satire book out of uh, Canada. And if you're into political satire, just go to terryfallis.com, T-E-R-R-Y-F-A-L-L-I-S. And he's got uh, he's got some great satirical books. Some of them are political, some of them are others. But anyway, he did that. He podcast out his his book chapter by chapter by chapter. So each week we got a new chapter. And again, define start, define end. And that's an interesting way to organize things and, and something I've looked at for my own so my own topics of interest because you can say we're going to do this. We're going to just, you know, this is the outline, this is the scope, that's how it is. It's a series. So you wind up with, a, a again, a very defined start and end. You set the expectation up front with listeners that this is what they're going to get and that's it. Now, that same kind of scoping is also coming into regular podcasts over the past three to four years. I've seen it in a, in a big way, maybe the last five years or so. Actually, I've lost track a bit. But this concept of seasons, of defining a season of episodes, whether that is 10 episodes, 12 episodes, 20 episodes, or eight episodes, or whatever, something, there is a season and so you have season one of an episode, of a podcast, season two of a podcast, season three, and so on and so forth. What's interesting is there is this fixed start and end. And so it, it has a couple of very interesting uh, ramifications. One is that that's very good for advertisers or sponsors. In the, uh, in the past model, the, the never-ending podcast model, you would typically say to a sponsor, if you were commercializing a podcast, monetizing it, that you know they would sign on for a certain period of time, like a year, 2017 or whatever, or 2018, 2019, or a certain number of episodes or whatever. But now with seasons, this idea, you can say, would you be a sponsor for season one? You can say it's it's going to be this many episodes. We're going to cover these topics. You can go to a sponsor with a much clearer package around what you're going to do. Uh, similarly, you can set a uh, set the expectations with users. You know, we're coming out season one is or season two is going to hit on October twenty fourth, and it's going to go for ten episodes, and it's going to cover these things. You define a scope. Uh, one that I've paid attention to that does this interestingly is is Mozilla's um, IRL or IRL podcast, and they've done a nice job with saying this is the season, and here it is. You know, season season four will explore all the ways tech can have more positive influence on people, communities, and societies at large. Defined scope. Another one I started listening to coming out of Vox Media is a podcast called Land of Giants, where they're talking about consolidation, the big tech companies, all of this, their first season is entirely about Amazon. It's been the rise of Amazon and, and it's done that. Now, they they actually haven't, that I've seen, stated that future seasons will cover the others, but they've implied that, that the next season will be about Facebook or Google or Apple or somebody else like that. And they would do it in that approach. So again, define scope, setting the expectations for the listeners setting the expectations for advertisers or sponsors or others, and, and letting people promote a body of work that has a defined start and end. It's also interesting that you can do changes. It enables changes to the show. Uh, for instance, 
Mozilla's IRL had uh, Victoria Belmont as the host for the first three seasons. And then after th- season three, uh, it uh, it's all of a sudden Manoush Zamrodi was the po- the host for season four and now season five. So it allowed the podcast, if it's dif- associated with a an entity, an organization or a company or something, it allows a little bit more flexibility there in that you could do things like switching the hosts. Um, it also gives a, a, a opportunity to change the artwork between seasons that you get seen on you know players these days to potentially change the audio, maybe bring in new intros, new, out, new outros, uh, bring in different style of different kinds of music, different bumpers, whatever it may be. But again, because you've, you've got a defined scope, you now can say now for season season three, we're going to do it this way. It, it, it's a natural thing for viewers, for listeners to be able to understand. It also helps with production because your podcast host and your production crew is not necessarily committing that you're going to be doing it every week in the never-ending podcast world. You can say that you can do it for a certain period. You could potentially go and just record all the episodes at once. You could just you know get in a studio sometime and get a couple people together, record all the main parts of the episode, and then farm it out to somebody to do the post-production and, and getting all the other pieces and splicing and interviews, whatever else you're going to do, but it's it can be done. You can do it that way. Now, of course, you could do it, you know, record each week and that kind of thing, but um, but it's interesting to think about. It also, of course, gives those hosts and others a chance to to breathe, to gather, you know, once the season is done, even if you're recording it week after week after week, you then may have a breathing space before the next season. So maybe it's a month, maybe it's three months, maybe it's six months, but it gives you that time to step back, to not have that podcast as part of your life, to go and uh, do more research, to do recordings of interviews, to do other pieces like that, and then come back to it with a with a fresh eye. That's one of the challenges, even with this own Dan York report, I think, that it, it gets to be so, so much a part of things that it becomes uh, a burnout. You know, you burn out, you do something on that, you pod fade again. You know, but again, you can even go and engage uh, producers or assistants for that defined period. Another interesting aspect is this concept of trailers for podcasts, which I laughed at when I first saw it, but it actually works. You could record a short, you know, one to two minute trailer about season four of this episode, and it's something that you could play in your feed, but you could also play it in other. Uh, podcast feeds, particularly if you're part of a podcast network, uh, as we have many of these these days, you could get somebody from another podcast within the network to play this trailer, which could then potentially entice people to go over to your show uh, and listen to more about that. So it's interesting to see what's uh, what's this season model that's come up. I, I think it's quite powerful because it does allow people to go and and try it out to start something. Also, as a listener, you understand you're going to hear 10 shows that are about privacy on the internet. And so you know these are the pieces. This is what you're looking at. It's it's scoped. It's defined. It's there. Another interesting innovation or part of this, too, is that we're the historical model was you produced a podcast and it came out consistently every Monday or whatever it was at some interval. 
uh, even if it was daily, like the, the tech meme ride home, it comes out around five o'clock Eastern time every single day. That consistency builds a listenership, builds an audience, builds a community around the podcast. And that's awesome. But it can be hard to produce and all of those kind of things and, and other stuff. But also we're seeing people do binge listening where you'll drop an entire season of a podcast onto uh, you know whatever the distribution outlet is and you'll drop the season so that people can binge listen. And I'm of two minds to that. On one hand, I kind of like the dripping it out because it does build a community over time. But on the other hand, people listen at different times. Audio by its nature can't necessarily be consumed all at once. Oftentimes it's when you're running or when you're walking or in your car on or bus on a commute, sometime like that, or doing the dishes or sitting around after dinner, whatever it may be, there's a time period when you can listen for a while. And you might have an hour, it might be a half an hour, it might be two hours, but it's typically some bounded time that you have. And so when you're done with that, you often may want to go on and listen to another one of the same thing. And so if you have to wait a week, does it create an artificial scarcity or something or whatever? So on one level, why not make the whole podcast available that people can binge just as they would binge on net on Netflix? Um, you know, maybe it's, I, I mean, I, I find this myself. I've been binging per se on podcasts where I will listen to one episode and then I'll keep listening to an episode and it's usually because I'm so far behind that I've got like a year's worth of episodes to catch up with to truly uh, to get up to speed with a podcast. But if I'm doing something new, I've actually thought about this. Why not drop a whole bunch at once, you know, and then also continue on beyond that? All this is to say, of course, that podcasters can't continue with the traditional never-ending episodic production model. There is absolutely nothing to say you can't and people will and we'll continue to do that forever, whether it's periodic or sporadic or whatever. The episodic model, the, the never-ending episodic model, certainly can continue. But these new models also provide new ways for people to start to think about podcasts and to start podcasts. They lower that barrier that you don't have to sign up for that commitment to the never-ending episodes. You can just say, yeah, well, let's do a podcast and we'll do a season of 10 episodes. And if it works, we'll do another season. And if we don't like it, we won't. Those kind of things. It lowers that barrier to entry by providing this different kind of thing. What do you all think listening to this? Do you, uh, do you like seasons or series? Do you, if you're producing podcasts, does, does it provide you with a better way to go and organize the creation and production of the podcast? Uh, do you like to binge listen as a, as a consumer of podcasts? Or do you like getting one every week and knowing that it's there? What do you think about all that? You can leave a comment here at soundcloud.com slash danyork or on any of the social networks where you find this. You can find more of my audio and writing at danyork.me. Thanks for listening and bye for now.